church this morning, I, I believe God has given me a word to, to bring encouragement. Is there anyone here this morning that needs encouragement? You can be vulnerable. Yeah. I felt the Lord saying to me this week that many are growing weary. And there's some that are starting to lose hope, lose confidence. Many questions and doubts, the temptation to draw back. And if that's you this morning, I believe the Lord has a word for you. Can we just pray together? Father, we commit this word to you. I ask, Holy Spirit, you anoint my lips. That you would divide this word over 200 ways, God. Speak directly, I pray, to every person under the sound of my voice. God, I, I address the spirit of unbelief, of impatience, a lying spirit. God, I ask this morning that you would set your people free. I ask God today that hope would arise in this house. Father, that not one person would leave this building today the same. Challenge mindsets, I pray, God. Transform our mind. I pray, Holy Spirit, those hard hearts, would you remove? Give us a heart of flesh, I pray, God, that we would hear your word this morning. I pray for ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. God, I pray that only... Words inspired by your Holy Spirit would come forth from my mouth this morning. Your will be done. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would blow over your people today. That confidence would come back, I pray, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, we need to understand that the nature of the enemy's warfare in our life is to cause us to become discouraged, to cast away our confidence. Not that you necessarily discard your salvation, but that you give up hope in God's deliverance. The enemy wants to numb you into being a coping kind of Christian, where you give up hope in seeing God's deliverance. His resurrection power at work in your life. And so he comes to discourage us and he wants to cause us to become ineffective in our witness. To lose hope so that we no longer become the carriers of hope in the world. That's his strategy. I'm here today to tell you that you've been called not just to cope, but to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And last week we, we heard the importance of sharing our story. Who of you were here last week? We, we heard the importance of sharing our story. And, you know, I love stories that talk about the moment when God just stepped in and changed everything. Those moments where it seems hopeless, it's dire, 
those end suddenly moments, you know those moments where you think this could have only been God. I celebrate those stories. But church, I also celebrate the stories that don't necessarily talk about a breakthrough and a miracle. But what it does is it testifies of the abiding and the empowering and the enabling presence of God in the midst of the storm. You see, it's easy to praise God when things are going great. It's something else when life isn't working out the way you planned. I love those stories when I hear someone share that I'm in the midst of the toughest struggle of my life. The wind is raging. The waves are beating against my boat. But I know the one who's in this with me. He's the one that walks on the water. He's the one that even the wind and the waves will obey. And although he may not calm the storm, I know if he's with me, I'm coming through it. Those are the stories that stir my faith. Those are the stories that I draw from and I learn from. And, and I just want to give a testimony this morning to Helen. I spoke with her this morning. And she was sharing with me about how in 1976, her son was killed in a small aircraft accident. Her testimony is that in the midst of that storm, if I never had God, I don't know what I would have done. Not blaming him, but looking to him for her deliverance. Understanding the word that says the peace that surpasses my understanding was her portion. Those are the stories, church, that I draw from, that I learn from. This should be your story. It should be my story. That irrespective of the circumstances, irrespective of the outcome, I have a confidence that is steadfast in the one whose name is Jesus. Because he who has called me is faithful. And so the, the title of my message this morning is Confidence to the End. Not a seasonal confidence. Not when life is going good. To the end. If you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32. Will be on the overheads if you don't have it, but I just want to give a little bit of background around the scripture. And, and the writer is addressing a group of believers who are going through enormous trials and tribulations. We know that it's not just been for a short period because you'll see in scripture he says, Recall the former days when your struggles began. These guys have been going through a relentless battle. There's been trials, persecution, they've lost their homes, they've been isolated from society, and he's speaking to this group of believers. Verse 32 says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me in my chains. 
and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. Listen, joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. How? Knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul takes no pleasure in him. This writer is addressing a group of believers who are tempted to cast away their confidence. That word cast draws a picture of someone wearing a heavy cloak. And they don't just take the cloak off, they throw it off. He's talking to a group of people, believers who have gone through a, a season of ongoing trials that are tempted to throw in the towel. They say, we're done. How much longer? We can't endure any longer. And the writer starts to plead with this group and he says, please, I beg you, don't cast away your confidence. Church, I'm here this morning to say the same thing to you. Please, don't cast away your confidence. He starts to address them in verse 32 and he says, let's start to educate ourselves and understand the position that you find yourself What's going on here? And he says to them, recall the former days after you were illuminated. You endured a great struggle with sufferings after you were illuminated. In other words, what he's saying is after you came to know Christ, after you started to walk in the light, after you became enlightened, you started to endure these kind of trials. We need to understand, church, that the moment we start to walk in the light, all of hell, let me say this again, all of hell comes after you to put your light out. When we are enlightened, we start to pursue a lifestyle of godliness purification, holiness, worship, prayer, hum humility. A lifestyle that will do massive damage to the kingdom of darkness. And we heard last week that we need to let our light shine. Be the light in the world. I want to propose a question. Do you think Satan is going to sit back casually while you spread your light in his kingdom of darkness with not, without putting up a fight. It's not going to happen. Have you ever sat outside in the summer? It's dark. You put a light on or you switch on the torch. And before long, every mickey, mosquito, moth and insect is drawn to that light. You've ever been there? Now, if mosquitoes love your blood... Before long, you've switched that light off and you've gone inside. We need to understand when we are the light, 
every demon will come after you to try and get you to switch off your light and go inside. To silence you. To keep you ineffective. So that you're no longer the salt and the light of the world. So it just is not to scare you. This is not to scare you. We need to understand that we have an enemy of our soul. And the moment we choose to step forward and start doing something for the kingdom of God, there's going to be opposition. And when we understand who our enemy is, we start to understand his strategy. We can start effectively warring against him. You see, we're not on a playground. We're on a battleground. And afflictions develop warriors. David slay the lion, he slay the bear in preparation for taking down Goliath. You see, before a soldier is enlisted in the army, he first goes to training camp. And when he arrives, he leaves the life he once knew. And they start to train him and discipline him and teach him battle strategy and battle plan and how to keep rank and understand his position, how to take commands from those in charge, how to use his weapon. And I'm pretty sure when these rookies arrive at training camp, after a short while, they must start thinking, what on earth did I sign up for? That every obstacle and every challenge that they put to, I'm sure they must be thinking, is this really necessary for war? What has this got to do with fighting the war? Their instructor knows exactly what they need to protect themselves against the attack of the enemy. He also knows exactly what it takes to defeat the enemy and to win the war. Church, we need to understand we're in training. We're in preparation. And it's not for us to just defeat our own demon and our own battle. It's for us to win the war for cities and for nations. To take back territory and to take back what the enemy has stolen. It's more than just you and your battle. But your battle is preparation. Timothy tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Everything you are going through, church, is preparation and developing you for the more. I want you to get this this morning, that your current condition or situation is not your destiny. Can I say that again? Your current situation and circumstances is not your destiny. God is promising more. But he's wanting to ensure that when he pours out the more, he have a people that can contain what he wants to give us. He wants to develop a character that backs the manifestation, the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. He's taking us through preparation. Why? Because there are Goliaths to take down. There's territory to take back. There's the good news to proclaim. We need to be prepared to take healing to the sick, 
hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless, comfort to the broken, family to the orphan, acceptance to the outcast, love to the unlovely, salvation to the lost. There's territory to be taken. And God is depending on you and me and he's putting us through some tests. Preparing and developing character. We need to understand that whatever the enemy is planning for evil, God is just saying, I'm using that. I'm using that. I'm using that for your good, for my glory. And many Christians are going through intense trials because of the hunger of their hearts. The desire to please God. Paul tells us in Romans 5, believers, joy in this, glory in tribulation. Because tribulation is developing a perseverance that will keep us going for the more. A character that can hold the more. And then he brings a hope that does not disappoint. Hope is the anchor for our soul. Hebrews 5 talks about how he, Jesus, learned obedience through the sufferings he had to endure. He was perfected to be able to establish an eternal salvation. Church, we need to understand that difficulties and struggles give us opportunity to learn obedience, to perfect character. And to perfect God's purpose in our lives. The most effective weapon of the enemy is to make you weary in well-doing. He wants to wear the saints out. So that you give up doing good. Then he starts to bring a spirit of impatience. We start to become frustrated. And that's why in Hebrews 10 verse 36 it says, For you have need of endurance. This word endurance is a Greek word, hupomena. I hope that's how you pronounce it. Hupo means under. Mene means to remain. What it does is it draws a picture of a person who has such a heavy load. But they thoroughly committed to standing their ground, committed to their position, no matter what it costs, no matter how heavy the load becomes. The writer says, you have need of this kind of endurance. The problem is we become impatient with God's working in our life, with him answering our prayers. And so we start to cry out, God, how long? How long, God? How much more? The enemy starts to make us believe that he's forsaken us, that he does not care. The word tells us, when you're weary, wait on the Lord. He will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and you will not faint. Wait on the Lord. But the enemy brings a spirit of impatience. 
And then he brings a lying spirit to make you really believe that Christianity does not work. Perfect example is on the news and Instagram lately, you would have seen some well-known worship leaders renounce their faith. Saying they no longer believe Christianity is a fable. They haven't yet seen the signs and the wonders and the miracles that God has promised in his word. Church, if that's all we're after, you're going to be disappointed. I have absolute confidence that that is exactly what God does want to do. He wants to show himself off. He wants signs, wonders, miracles, breakthroughs. Absolutely he does. But like I said earlier, he wants to know that there is a people that is not going to become puffed up and arrogant when he starts to do it through you. Where you start to believe it's because of me and not of him. And you start to take the glory for yourself. And he's saying, I need to know this substance, character that backs this manifestation. Think about young children. Maybe you've been exposed to teenagers and young adults who've been given everything their heart desires. Everything they asked for, they got given. And they grow up to be adults of little character, little substance, no integrity, can't endure to the end. And Christ says, I don't want immature children. I want those who can stand the test of time, who can endure to the end, who can have confidence to the end, who can wait on me. Those are the ones I'm looking for. Hebrews 3 verse 12 says, Brethren, beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the Lord. Here the writer is making reference to the Israelites who had been in the wilderness for 40 years. He's saying you've seen God's work for 40 years and yet your heart became hard. God had revealed his nature to his people, his character. He, he proved himself to be the deliverer when he parted the Red Sea. He proves himself to be the provider when he rains down manna from heaven. He proves himself to be the defender when he goes out and he wars against the enemies of Israel. He proves himself to be their guard by a pillar of fire, and yet their hearts become hard. Why? Because their eyes were so fixed on the outcome that they failed to notice God's hand in the process. And here the writer is saying, beware, brethren. He's take, telling us, us, take caution. You too have risk of becoming hard-hearted, of an unbelieving heart, because our eyes are so fixed on the answer to our prayer. We want what we want. We're so fixed on the desired outcome that we fail to see God's hand in the midst of the process, in the process of waiting. Church, God is faithful. He is faithful. Trust me, He is faithful. And maybe you haven't received the answer you were wanting or you expected. He is faithful. He's showing Himself off in small areas. Take note. 
take notes. He gives blessings, small blessings, small provision, peace in the moments when we shouldn't have peace. That's God's moving on your behalf. And yet we become angry and impatient because my answer has not yet come. And the writer says, beware. It's going to cause you to depart from the living God. Verse 14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence, steadfast, unwavering, firm, to the end. Confident to the end. Church, God is developing and perfecting something in each of us. He's transforming us we heard the word this morning, transforming us into his image so that when people see you, they see Jesus, not stuff. Jesus. He's doing a work in each of us. This morning, we can be confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. See, godly patience is a willingness to wait for God's Holy Ghost timing. He who promised is coming on time. Your answer is coming on time. After you have endured, you will receive the promise. Church, it pays to hold on. It pays to hold on. It has great reward. Ryan and I often talk and we say, we no doubt want to see God's blessing and abundance and provision and signs and miracles and wonders. But having said all of that, our promise, church, our eternal promise is we get to spend eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That is our eternal promise for each and every one of us, irrespective of what we're going through, irrespective of the outcome. Your struggle is not in vain. Tap someone next to you, tell them your struggle is not in vain. When we take on God's business, who of you want to take on God's business? Say, God, I want to be used by you. When we take on God's business, you better believe we're going to have opposition. But instead of asking God to remove it, ask him for the grace to get through it. Because he who has begun a good thing in you, he will complete it. He's faithful to the end. In church, I'm, I'm almost done, but I want to share just something personal with you. So we've been going through, I don't even have the words. <laughs> Those who are close to us will understand that we've been going through a relentless battle. Close to maybe two years now, a year and a half. 
It has been ongoing. Ongoing. Finances, health, family, relationships. It just doesn't stop. And I know the enemy wants to wear us out. I've become resolute in my walk with God. I am standing no matter the cost. I am standing no matter the cost. But a couple of weeks back in my quiet time, I cried out to God. I said, God, how much longer? When is this going to end? And God in his wisdom answered me with a question. He said to me, can you be like Paul who said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. I said, God, how? Take me to that place. I don't want to be swayed by the winds of adversity. I want to stand like a warrior. Determine, God, to finish the race you've put before me. And not just finish, but finish with confidence because my hope is in him. Oftentimes we, we don't see our victory because we give up just short. Just short because the enemy has done all he can to wear you out. I want to read, I'm closing with the scripture this morning. Philippians 4 verse 11 to 12 from the Amplified. This was the scripture God asked me. Now that I speak, not that I speak from any personal need. For I have learned to be content and self-sufficient through Christ. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or uneasy. Regardless of my circumstances. I know how to get along and live humbly in difficult times. And I also know how to enjoy abundance and live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing life. Whether well-fed or going hungry, whether having an abundance or being in need, I can do all things. Through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with an inner strength and a confident peace. My question this morning, church, is can we all be that? Unwavering, steadfast, firm in our confidence to the end. I want to encourage you today that God has not taken his eye off of you. Not for a moment. His eyes of passion are on you. He's pursuing you. He's working everything out 
for your good. He's completing the work that he has started in you. He says, trust me. Wait on me. Grab hold of me. We're coming through the storm together. 